ബ്രഹ്മാനന്ദം പരമസുഖാദം കേവലം ജ്ഞാനമൂർത്തി ദന്ത്വാതീതം ഗഗനസദൃശം തത്വമശ്യാദിലക്ഷം ഏകം നിത്യം വിമലമചലം സാർവദേശക്ഷിഭൂതം ഭവാതീതം ത്രിഗുണരഹിതം സദ്ഗുരും ത്വം നമാമി ഐ ബാ ടു മൈ ഗുരു ഐ ബാ ടു ഹിം ഇസ് ഗാഡ് ആൻഡ് ഗാഡ് ഇസ് ഹിം ആൻഡ് ഐ ബാ ടു ഹിം ഇൻ ഓൾ ഓഫ് യു ബിക്കോസ് യു ടു ആർ ദാറ്റ് ദർ ഇസ് നത്തിങ് ഇൻ ദിസ് യൂണിവേഴ്സ് ബട്ട് ഗാഡ് ബട്ട് ഹി പുട്സ് ദാറ്റ് ലിറ്റിൽ ജേം ഓഫ് ദിലൂഷൻ ഇൻ എസ് ദാറ്റ് മേക്സ് യു തിങ്ക് ഐ ആം ഡിഫറെൻ്റ് ഫ്രം അദർ പീപ്പിൾ വൈ It's like the jets, as my guru explained, of a, jet, of a, uh, a gas stove. You see, each individual jet, and because it's coming out, and because each one is lit, and if those jets were far enough apart so that you could see them individually without their blending, you would have a perfect example of our little egos. They look real because you see the flame coming up out of them, but underneath it's all one field of gas. And so underneath each one of our separate egos, there's that one uniting consciousness of spirit. And we think to unite with one another by touching each other and hugging each other and so on. Two bodies can't merge. Two souls can. And it's in souls and in our, in our inner self that we can merge above all with that infinite self of whom we are an expression. I would like to read... from this book which i <clears throat> you know he used my guru used to tell me that uh, he wanted me to write down what he was saying and i didn't know shorthand so often i would have to write from memory but i had and had a good memory and i remembered it word for word i could even hear him speaking in my mind so this one was a little longer than i could have written down hastily but it's just what he told it's a story which i told in my book my autobiography the path the purpose of which ultimately has has its two purposes one is to make people realize that what they are seeking is god the other is to help people to know what it was like to live with him because people don't know they think especially those in india who have read the autobiography they think he was this sweet beautiful young man who had the good fortune to meet a few saints he was a great master himself when he went to those saints as a child they would try to learn from him and he told us it was it wasn't what i came to them for but when he wrote his book that was how he wrote it he didn't write about himself so it was necessary for a disciple to write about him that's what the path is about and this story is in the path it was told me by a friend of mine in bengal of a time when he went out with the master in his car the master had suddenly said to the driver stop the car he got out and walked back several doors to a small rather dingy looking variety shop there to debi's astonishment the master had selected a number of items that couldn't possibly have been of any use to him at all he then went up to the counter the woman the owner an older woman added up his bill which the master paid at that moment the woman burst into tears 
I very badly needed just this sum of money today, she told him. It is near closing time, and I had, I had given up all hope of getting what I needed. Thank you. Bless you, sir. It was God himself, surely, who sent you to me in my time of need. The master said nothing of this episode to anyone. It was clear, however, that he had sensed the woman's difficulty while driving by her shop in the car, and he had responded with, to it with divine sympathy. Throughout his life, he actively demonstrated the biblical teaching, Love thy neighbor as thyself. Indeed, he gave that teaching a new and deeper meaning, for he saw everyone as literally his own self in the great oneness of God. That's actually the meaning of the ancient Greek, the original of the Bible, love thy neighbor because he is like, he is like you. He, he is yourself in a way. And if you can see other people that way, how can you ever be cruel to them again? How can you not feel, fail to feel pain in their pain? And the wonderful thing about our guru was that he could sense it in what you would think was a complete stranger. And his car was just driving by her shop. But her anguish was such that he felt it. But you know that even though he was a living manifestation of God because he knew God, even though you don't get to meet so many people like that, in the Shastras it says that one moment in the company of a saint will be your raft over the ocean of delusion. But you know, if you choose to ask him to act through you, you will see that he can help people too. Somebody else might have seen that woman, and instead of doing what most people would do, is which is say, well, it's not my problem. If you feel for other people, because you feel from your own center to their own center, you feel their reality, then God will be able to use you. And in fact, the more you turn to God, the more you will be amazed to see help coming from all sources, all sorts of places. You don't, you're living with God right now. He, you, don't, you may not be aware of him, but he's aware of you. He knows every single thought you think. And so if you seek him, you will find all the more that he will take care of you and will answer your prayers. How often I have seen this happen, that when I have wanted something, a complete stranger came up to me and either showed me how to get it or gave it to me. This you will see more and more. The more you think of him, the more he will think of you, even through other people. And those people may not even be aware of what they're doing or just exactly why. But another side of that story is to develop the bhav, the the consciousness, the attitude, that everything that comes to you comes from God. It's a wonderful practice, in fact, to go out walking, let us say, in the evening, and don't walk hastily like a hiker or jog. Walk slowly and just feel. Consciously, it makes this a kind of walking meditation. Feel that God is walking. His energy is directing your legs. You have to direct that energy, but it's his energy or you are using. Feel that everything that around you is a part of him, so that if a dog barks, feel that God is barking in that dog. 
And if a car passes by, feel that God is passing in that car. And you will begin to feel that God may be saying something to you. Because out of all these different things, God may indeed try to tell you something. But you won't hear him if you don't listen. Whereas if you do listen, you will find that more and more, he begins to help you through all sorts of little things. What people say, even the movement of trees, wind, all sorts of things. You know, one time when my guru was returning with Durga Mata to Mount Washington, a sudden wind blew up. Uh, it was very strong and very unexpected. And uh, my guru said it was the karma of World War II. So karma blows across the world in storms. When you see all these hurricanes happening and earthquakes happening and so on, all of these are just the disharmony that is created by human thoughts because man is much more conscious than other forms of life. So his consciousness affects even the weather. And if you have a strong consciousness for good, the, wherever you go, the weather will be good too. Not, not necessarily for you exactly, but you know, for my guru it was so. Always the weather was good wherever he went. He had that blessing from his guru, he wrote in Autobiography of a Yogi. Well, anyway, this wind blew up, and he remembered a mantra that he had learned as a boy, and he put his power in it, but he didn't even speak the mantra himself. He said to Durga to repeat those words. She didn't really, I mean, she didn't know Sanskrit, uh, but he told her, hit the heel of your shoe on the porch three times saying these words. The moment she hit it with the last, the last strike, the wind stopped. And then in the newspaper the next day, it, uh, there was something in the, in the headlines about how this freak storm blew up and suddenly for no reason disappeared. Man is conscious and man produces the various disharmonies that we see in nature Man produces wars, too. People say, oh, I hope there won't be another war, war, world war. I say, look, if you want it there not to be, be more harmonious. But there will be. You cannot have this much hatred and intolerance and uh, religious strife and all the things that we see, the violence. You can't expect that to go on and on without erupting in a mass violence. I'm sorry, but it's a fact. There will be another world war. This world will suffer very much, and many of you who are hearing me today are going to live. Most of you are going to live through that. Keep your mind on God, because he sends these things to purge the planet, to cleanse it, so that we can go into this higher age of energy with more harmony. Not that you'll never have swag on this world. You'll never, this world will never be perfect. But at least it will be a lot better than it is now. Sometimes you just think you're living in a, in a cage of uh, ferocious animals, the way people act. You can see it on their faces. There's so little peace there, so much anxiety and nervousness and fear and anger. Oh, don't. You don't want to even bother to think about all those emotions. They're just written all over so many people's faces. Yes, the world will have great upheavals, natural and man-made both. But I'm not trying to frighten you. I'm trying to give you strength. Because when it comes, if you're not prepared, you're going to be shaken. Be prepared and know that God lives in your heart. And that, as my guru used to say, 
You must learn by meditation to stand unshaken amid the crash of breaking worlds. And when you can have that calmness inside, however people treat you, remember just one thing. You're going to have to leave this body sooner or later. You can't avoid it, so why be afraid of death? Why be afraid of pain? It won't last long. If it's intense enough, it'll take you out of the body. And If you live, it, live this life in God, you'll go to a much better place. Temporarily, you won't find that freedom until you have meditated and sought him seriously and deeply. But still, look upon others as your own. And in seeing them as your own, don't grip them, as Shakespeare put it, with hoops of steel. But think that God is loving them through you. Look at people with God's joy in your eyes. You'll be amazed. Even strangers in the street seeing you will somehow smile. People who don't normally smile will feel like smiling because you have smiled from your heart. Don't smile just with your lips. I don't mean that. Smile with your eyes. Let it come up from your heart. And let yourself be. You can be an instrument of God. And the more you act like that, the more you see that they, whether they're conscious of it or not, are instruments of God to you. And God will say many things to you that you need to hear if you're listening. That's the meaning behind this song, which I want to sing. It's called The Shawl of Gold. And uh, it's really based on a sort of traditional Christian story of uh, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And so there are many sort of folk stories of children who were poor, who gave to others, and as a result, God blessed them. And in that spirit, I wrote this song, too. It's a long song, but I hope you like it. Joy to you. A poor little girl walking in the cold Her clothing all tattered and thin Spied a rich man standing outside a church Outside a church, outside a church Spied a rich man standing outside a church the service about to begin. Kind sir, she said, here an orphan child, the cold winds of winter have come. I've no place to live, not in all the world. Oh, help me find work in some home. The rich man frowned, don't you hear that hymn? Good people have gathered in prayer. It's a day for worship, impious girl. Impious girl, oh, impious girl. It's a day for worship, impious girl. Don't speak here of earthly affairs. 
He walked off and entered the holy church. The girl wandered down the cold street, and there, all at once, she beheld a small boy. No jacket, no shoes for his feet. His clothing was shabby, as worn as her own. He shivered against a closed door. Alas, he cried, none will take me in. Take me in, none will take me in. Alas, he cried, none will take me in. Though I'm starving and cold, for I'm poor. Seeing him, she cried, how I feel for you. It's bitter with no friends to live. Here, please take my shawl, it's all I can spare, though it's shameful so little to give. She wrapped him all up in a flimsy cloth and kissed his cold forehead and smiled. Suddenly, oh, warmth like a summer breeze. Summer breeze like a summer breeze. Suddenly, oh, warmth like a summer breeze. Encircled this poor girl and child. And a tender voice said, my daughter, I'm here. No more shall you weep without friends. For in yonder church there's no love like yours. Those with pure hearts their needs I attend. My child, all men sorrow would turn to joy if they knew that to share is no loss for its kindness softens the human heart human heart the human heart for its kindness softens the human heart I know I who died on the cross. Worship means but love, and my love you found by your gift to me here in the cold. And she saw their clothes were now woolen and warm, and the shawl was now spun of fine gold.